Hello and welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church Essentials Podcast with your host, Senior Pastor John Sauer. Hello and welcome to Stonebridge Essentials. I am Pastor John, the Senior Pastor of Stonebridge Community Church. And Stonebridge Essentials is a podcast series where we focus on theology. And specifically, we focus on three essential beliefs in Christian faith as taught by John Calvin, the Reformed theologian. This year, we are focusing on Jesus' resurrection and the hope in the resurrection to come. The resurrection is, as I said last week, the foundational central belief of Christian faith. This is what ties the New Testament all together. The resurrection is the ball game, as far as I am concerned. This week, I wanted to focus on two claims that are made in opposition to the resurrection. Two complaints that people will make about the resurrection of Jesus. These are common ideas that are out there in culture, and I want to show how these complaints about the resurrection, these uh, uh, really attacks against the idea of resurrection, don't really hold up once you look at the evidence. So that's what we'll be doing today, is looking at these two common arguments against Jesus's resurrection. The, the first of these is that the resurrection, the idea of resurrection was common in the ancient world and that the early Christians were just borrowing from other mythologies around them. The belief is that, or the common accusation is that the early Christians really just stole ideas from the broader culture around them. And they took Jesus, who was just a human teacher, and they put these myths onto his life. They added these myths onto his life. That is a very common argument that you will see. But it doesn't actually ring true when you look at the evidence. These myths in the ancient world, the ways that they talk about resurrection, it's different. They don't talk about resurrection in the same way, with the same level of specificity as the early Christians talked about Jesus's resurrection. There's always some key difference you can point to, and I won't go into all that detail here. Scholars have looked into this, and each time the different myths that were surrounding the early Christians, they look different. Really, a lot of the mythology that has to do with resurrection in the ancient world is rooted in seasons. It's connected to the seasons that we see in the world where life dies in the winter and then is raised again in the spring. That wasn't the claim that was made by the early Christians. There was nothing cyclical about Jesus' resurrection. There was nothing connected to uh, the seasons in Jesus' resurrection. We do celebrate Easter in spring, but that's not because of spring itself. It's because we know in the Gospels that the Passover was celebrated in the spring. Jesus' resurrection was tied to the Passover when he entered into Jerusalem, not tied to the seasons. And the claim of the early Christians wasn't that Jesus would 
rise over and over again and die over and over again, like a lot of these ancient gods. The claim of the early Christians was that Jesus at one point had died and Jesus at one point was raised and that was sufficient. The other claim here that sets us apart from other gods is Jesus was also fully human. And the claim of the resurrection is one of a bodily resurrection. Jesus wasn't some strictly spiritual God who only raised in spirit or form. His actual body was raised from the dead. You can start to see that this is different than the mythologies around the early Christians. It's a different claim. It's a unique claim. And N.T. Wright, a historian and theologian, has done a lot of work showing that the, the claim of the early church was specific and unique. People didn't go around in the ancient world thinking that random human beings just raised from the dead bodily. This was a unique claim. We also know that because we can just look at what happened. This claim spread far and wide. If it was a common claim that all sorts of other people believed, it wouldn't have been interesting. It wouldn't have exploded the way that it did. It wouldn't have been treated as a novel idea. It wouldn't have invited persecution the way that it did. But there was something unique about the claim of the early church. It wasn't just a rehashing of old mythologies. So that's one argument against the resurrection that doesn't seem to actually hold up when you look at the evidence. The other one is this idea that the New Testament writers were creating a mythology, that they were putting an experience of God that they had in Jesus, who again was largely just a human teacher, into mythological language. This comes from a, a New Testament scholar, a historian, and a theologian named Rudolf Boltman, who in the early 20th century developed a term called demythologizing. And what he wanted to do was take all the miracle stories in the Gospels and show that this was just mythological language that the early Christians had attached to it to help people understand it and that none of these miracles actually happened. And he included the resurrection in that. There's a problem with Boltman's approach, though. One is, this just doesn't seem to be the case. When you read the New Testament closely, they don't talk about, the, the writers don't talk about the resurrection as though it's just mythological language. If you read the text as they wrote it, they really seem to genuinely believe Jesus was raised from the dead. It's not code. It's something that they're proclaiming. And they don't seem to be crafting a mythology the way other mythologies were crafted. They write as though they truly believe what they are saying. The New Testament isn't written in the way that Homer's poems were written, where a lot of Greek mythology comes from. The New Testament is written in a way that it's making actual claims of fact. 
when Paul writes about the resurrection to the churches that he's trying to establish, he writes in a way that makes clear that he truly believes that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he saw Jesus after he'd been dead. So it just doesn't seem to reflect how the New Testament is written. This idea that it's just a mythology that the early Christians were creating. Again, also, they died for this. They would have known if none of it was true. They would have known if it didn't actually happen. They would have known if it was just metaphorical understandings. They would have said that. These these documents that we have in the New Testament wouldn't exist if the writers didn't actually believe it and if the people who received the writings didn't actually believe it. There's another problem with this, though. If we want to say that the resurrection is just a myth, that it's just figurative, then everything else falls apart. Because in the Gospels, Jesus is regularly foreshadowing his own resurrection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that if the resurrection didn't happen, then we are the greatest of fools. Nothing in the New Testament makes sense if the resurrection didn't actually happen. So, the way of life that Jesus talks about, it makes no sense if resurrection isn't true. What makes sense of the New Testament is the fact that the early writers believed that the resurrection actually happened. If you try to demythologize the resurrection, you're left with nothing. There's nothing of substance in the New Testament that is lasting, that you can't get from some other faith, some other religion, some other philosophy. There's nothing that you can't find if the resurrection is just a myth and didn't actually take place. So to people who want to say the resurrection didn't actually take place, I would say, why be a Christian at all then? Why follow Jesus? Because that does make Jesus untrue. And it makes the people who believed in Jesus's words the most untrue. The resurrection is what Christian faith stands upon. And trying to say that it didn't happen makes it fall apart pretty quickly, I believe. There's something else with the resurrection, though. Once you embrace the resurrection... Once you believe this actually took place, I think you start to see how central it is more readily. And it starts popping up. I'm going to read some quotes here from some teachers on the resurrection. That's how we're going to close this episode here. And I meant to do this. This is a sampling of different writers from different time periods and different theological perspectives. Some of them are conservative. Some of them are more liberal theologians. Some of them are mainline. Some of them are evangelical. But notice that the resurrection is what ties them together. So the first one here. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching but whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. That comes from Timothy Keller, pastor in New York. 
The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that now you're invited to belong to it. That's from scholar N.T. Wright, who I mentioned earlier. Tomb, thou shalt not hold him longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark, the light. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope triumphant, say Christ will, say Christ will rise on Easter Day. That's from Philip Brooks, a mainline preacher in the late 1800s. Easter is not about immortality, but about resurrection from a death that is a real death with all its frightfulness and horrors. Resurrection from a death of the body and the soul of the whole person. Resurrection by the power of God's mighty act. That's Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian. As for me, my charter is Jesus Christ. The inviolable character is his cross and his death and resurrection and faith through him. That's from Ignatius of Antioch all the way back in the second century. The goal of human life is not death, but resurrection. That's from Karl Barth, German theologian in the 20th century. And then I love this one. This is from George Herbert. Death used to be an executioner, but the resurrection of Christ makes him nothing but a gardener. When he tries to bury you, he's really planting you. And you're going to come up better than before. When you look at the historic claim of the resurrection, it's not a metaphor. It's not mythology. It's a unique claim that Jesus was raised from the dead. And because of that, death had been overcome. And Christians do not have to fear death. But we trust that we will be resurrected again. This is what has tied the church together for 2,000 years. This is what the confession of the church is. This is what the church rests on. This is what the early church passed down to us. So, the challenge for us is, is the resurrection truly most important to us? I think this is a challenge that confronts the church today. Is the resurrection of Jesus truly the most important piece of news that the world could ever hear? Is the resurrection of Jesus the work of God to overcome death, to overcome suffering, to overcome pain? Is it truly most important to us? That's a question I think we're going to be asking next week. So God bless you and I look forward to continuing the conversation with you next week. Mm-hmm.